Just how concerned should you be about Tony Pollard and Ramondre Stevenson for the rest of the season? All that and more this episode of the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Joining me today, as always, is Kate Majuk. You can follow her on Twitter at Kate Majuk. Kate, it's a very somber episode <laughs> of Lockdown Dynasty after what the 49ers did to my Cowboys last night. But let's talk about Tony Pollard, who, I mean, basically was a zero in this game. Eight carries for 29 yards. Did save you a little bit in the passing game. Four receptions for 35 yards. Back-to-back weeks where Tony Pollard's been held under 50 rushing yards. How concerned are you about Tony Pollard moving forward? I'm going to be honest, Marcus. I'm probably not as nervous as you are, right? I, I still think this is the same Tony Pollard. I think this offense looks very much anemic, right? Like this is not the Cowboys offense that I think anybody, uh, anybody, analyst, fanalist, fan, it, it doesn't matter. Nobody projected the offense to look like this. Now, it, like statistically, yes, Tony Pollard is giving us uh, some things to be concerned about, right? Averaging a career low uh, 4.2 yards per carry, uh, career low at 2.7 yards after contact per attempt, um, you know, it's just not been nearly as explosive as as you're used to seeing. 7% misforced tackle rate. He's never had a season uh, below 20% misforced tackle rate. So, like, there are a lot of anomalies to Tony Pollard's play that tells us, like, I, I, I don't think that um, this is necessarily representative of who he is as a running back. And I think a big part of this concern is, you know, going back to, you know, this Dallas Cowboys struggles on offense and you can speak to a lot about that. Like, so I, I want to get your thoughts. I, I think that Tony Pollard is still very explosive, uh, has workhorse potential, but it's, it's really hard for that to, I think, amount to much when you don't see that explosivity that I, I think yep. we were projecting for this offense. Now, if you were taking the optimistic view here, is it that in three of the last four games, they play the Jets, the Patriots, and the 49ers. Those are all three really good defenses that are really stout up front, right? So I can understand a little bit why he's not having these long explosive runs. But to me, he just doesn't look anywhere near like as healthy as he did last year. Like the, the big plays are completely gone. Um, th- there's just not the same type of twitch and juice that we saw last year. And remember, he's coming off a pretty serious foot injury. So that could be, you know, part of this as well. They've also had, you know, a lot of changes on the offensive line. I- I'm just looking at the situation where he's looked fine. He's gotten a lot of touches. But I think the best thing for his long-term dynasty value 
is for him to stay in Dallas, right? Because the Cowboys are going to give him that work. I, I just don't know. Like, I don't think there's not been nothing from him this year to suggest that the Cowboys are going to give him a long-term deal. And if that's not the case, then I, I wouldn't be shocked if we see his dynasty value just absolutely tank by this time next year. And then I'll, you know what, I'll, I'll probably be buying at that point. Um, now, question from you, the resident Cowboys uh, expert here. Um, how much of this do you think is is in part due to the fact that it, you've got Mike McCarthy calling plays? Like, does that, if you heard that they were going to be bringing in somebody else, like say Tony Pollard's staying in Dallas, right? Let's let's pretend for a moment that it actually comes to fruition. It happens 2025, uh, you know, 2024, it, we've got Tony Pollard in Dallas, right? If I told you that Mike McCarthy would not be the one calling plays, would that change how you feel at all about his long-term outlook? Maybe a little bit, but I, it hasn't been because of a lack of usage. Like the Cowboys are trying to get him the ball. There just hasn't been any type of big runs. And even in the big runs that he had, uh, you know, I think he had one nice run against the 49ers. It's it just, it wasn't to the house. Like we saw him the last couple of years and this happens. The running backs, once they start to age a little bit, once they start to have some some injuries pile up on their body, uh, I don't know. He's Obviously, I'm not going out and trying to sell him, but you are talking about somebody who is being drafted as RB7, at least going into the month of October. I, there's quite a few running backs that are being drafted behind him right now that I think I would sell him for. I'll give you an example, Kate. I would much rather have... Kenneth Walker, who is RB13, than Tony Pollard going forward right now. Um, I I think that's probably fair. Um, you know, just given age, given um, you know, the the, you know, if you want some some fresher legs, um, obviously you have the concern that maybe we see Zach Charbonnet continue to get involved there. Um, I think that one's a pretty, pretty tough call, but I also think, Marcus, that it's hard to panic about Tony Pollard right now. You mentioned the the difficult defenses, right? The the 49ers, the Patriots, um, even the Cardinals. I'm going to give them a little bit more credit, uh, you know, in comparison to what uh, we probably expected um, from the Cardinals this season defensively. Um, I, I think those are all like pretty solid defenses. Um, now, the you know, on the flip side of that, uh, you've got you know, the, the Eagles within the division, um, you've got the commanders who haven't looked great, but also I think, um, you know, when they're playing up to their, their full strength, uh, a a pretty talented defense. Um, I, I just think that, you know, there's, there's still time for him to bounce back. And I'm willing to, to say that, you know, maybe the, the lack of explosive plays, might be in part to some of these tougher defensive matchups and that well they, they play the chargers next week on monday night football the chargers that'll be a great test through. if if it's just one, another one of these games where it's 17 carries for 68 yards a couple catches it, it the the thing is he's getting goal line work it's just it hasn't really translated to touchdowns I, I think now is the time that i'm considering trading tony pollard because i think i could see a situation where this just gets a lot worse before it gets better really quickly uh the rest of the offense i mean you're right this cowboys offense is struggling uh cd lamb held under 55 yards in the last three games uh brandon cooks the cowboys big acquisition this offseason 
77 total yards through five games. Dak Prescott playing some of the worst football of his career. This is an offense that we thought was going to be elite, and it's been anything but so far. And the the interesting thing about Dak Prescott, though, like the, I, I think the big narrative coming into 2023 was he's got to clean up the turnovers. He's got to, but you know, cleaning up those turnovers, Marcus, I think has been at a huge detriment to the rest it's, of this it's offense. That's what I was worried about. That Dak would hear all this stuff about him turning the ball over and turn into a non-aggressive quarterback. And you're seeing now his his A dot is one of the worst in the league. They're not pushing the ball down the field. Um, he's getting rid of the ball really quickly. And then when now teams have adjusted to it, you saw the San Francisco 49ers jump a bunch of underneath routes because they know he's not challenging them deep. Yeah, Dak Prescott, uh, 56.5% of passes uh, short of the sticks. That's the, uh, let's see, the fifth highest rate among quarterbacks in the NFL right now, um, specifically the the third among starting quarterbacks right yes. now. Um, like you, you don't love to see that, that usage because obviously, you know, when you're so worried about protecting the ball that you sacrifice some of those, that, that willingness to play deep, um, a, like, you know, it gives defenses, um, you know, less field that they need to cover. They know you're not going deep that often. Um, they can play up closer, uh, to the sticks because they know you're not going to throw beyond it. Like, that it, it it becomes this sort of circular catch 22 of okay so you're you're protecting the ball but you're giving up all these explosive plays you're also limiting the upside of you know any plays you do complete because defenders know exactly where you're going yeah. with the ball and and they know that that you know they've got uh, you know, just a, a few yards uh, beyond the line of scrimmage that they need to to be covering here. So all of that, I, I think, is playing into some of these struggles for Tony Pollard, too. And like, you know, even even talking about, you know, when you're you're throwing short of the sticks uh, on the majority of your plays, that hurts the run game, too, because, sure. again, like even even if you're you're, you know, calling a run, like it, it doesn't matter. Right. Because whether you're calling a run, whether you're calling a pass, they only have to play up to the line. Like yeah. it, it's, it's it, not great right now. No. Kate. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's a really bleak situation in Dallas. It's also a really bleak situation in new England right now, especially for Ramondre Stevenson, who we will talk about next. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That is $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. I actually just placed the futures bet this morning on the Steelers to make the playoffs at plus 125 on FanDuel. So you can make those kind of bets out there if you want to. Uh, visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season with FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. <clears throat> this episode is brought to you by Locked On NFL Kickoff Live. Each Friday, Lockdown will go live at 2 p.m. Eastern on every Lockdown NFL YouTube channel. Host Tanitra Batiste, Jarvis Davis, and Kyle Krabs will break down every game on the NFL slate to get you ready for your team's matchups. 
your fantasy lineups, your betting angles, and so much more. Plus, get in-depth local analysis from our stable of NFL hosts across the country who know these teams better than anyone else. Find Lockdown NFL Kickoff Live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time on any Lockdown NFL YouTube channel. Okay, let's talk about Ramondre Stevenson, who was one of the running backs we really liked going into this year. We thought he was going to get a bunch of work. Um, that has not been the case. Eight carries for 24 yards against the Saints. Zero receptions in this game. Um, how concerned are you about Ramondre Stevenson, who was being drafted as RB11 in October? I'm pretty dang concerned. So uh, looking at you know what what we saw with Ramondre Stevenson or uh, Tony Pollard here, um, you know, I, I mentioned I'm not not ready to to go all out here, but the the reason I'm so concerned about Ramondre Stevenson is that really he's generally being outplayed by Ezekiel Elliott, which is really yeah, really bad. kind of concerning for me. If you told me heading into this season, Ramondre Stevenson is going to have 53% of these rush attempts uh, through the first five games of the season, I would tell you, great. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson is going to be an RB1. Um, 13% missed force tackle rate. Uh, you know, don't love that. Averaging just 2.8 yards per carry, um, 1.8 yards after contact per attempt. Um, now, much like the Dallas Cowboys, I do think that some of the Patriots' struggles on offense are contributing to that. Um, but you don't love the fact that Ezekiel Elliott looks like the better running back out there. Lower stuff percentage rate, um, you know, gaining more yards after contact, uh, more efficient, just generally speaking, so far this season. And if you would have told me that coming out, uh, you know, just before, uh, you know, when when we first got that news of the signing, I would have told you you were off your rocker. Now, you know, not necessarily like you weren't you weren't drafting Ramondre Stevenson, I think, all for his rushing ability. You mentioned no, it at no. the top that that receiving work was kind of integral to the the, you know, the upside there for fantasy. Um, we had seen Ramondre Stevenson get a ton of work right now, ranks fourth on the team in terms of route r- routes run, uh, but just not seeing the target share that I think you would have expected. Um, six given- catches in the last four games. Not great. <laughs> not- like Derek Henry numbers. Actually, Derek Henry is, is doing more in the passing game who we'll talk about in a little bit, but it's, he's been completely zapped in that part of the game. And if he's not getting, if he's not getting receptions and he's not getting the rushing touchdowns because that's what they bring in Ezekiel Elliott, what is Ravondre Stevenson? He's not a, a top 15 dynasty running back, that's no, for sure. It, I mean, and he's somebody that in redraft leagues is a borderline droppable player. Like, honestly, like what what is he doing right now for you that you, you have any faith with him going forward? Because you look at their schedule, it's brutal. Like, how many of these matchups are going to be favorable for New England going forward? Um, yeah, that, that's tough. And this, this offense is playing like garbage. It's not like they have a ton of time to establish the run, right? Because, uh, I don't know what's going on with this Patriots defense. Obviously they've, they're facing some pretty stiff competition. Uh, so maybe that's to account for some of their, their struggles defensively is just that like they are outmatched in terms of talent. But Ramondre Stevenson opened up the year with, uh, with two top 20 performances. It's just been the last two weeks, man. It, you know, or three weeks, sorry, it, that he's he's really, really struggled. I'm not ready to drop him in redraft just yet. But the the you know, the fact that he's ranking seventh in in team target share here, it, despite the fact that I mean, this is 
this is an offense without many weapons, right? You've got Kendrick Bourne, Juju Smith-Schuster, who has looked terrible, Devontae Parker, Demario Douglas. Like he should be like he he should be at the top. This isn't a guy that you know necessarily had a great athletic profile coming out. No. He was actually no. like pretty. Uh, pretty Lepu there, um, 40 yard dash ran a four, six, four. Um, I, these weren't, um, official combine times. They were, uh, from his pro day, but, um, you know, he's, he's kind of that bigger bruiser back. And if he's not going to, uh, be able to establish that run, he doesn't have the athleticism to generate it on its own. So I'm, I'm really concerned and, you know, I, I have to worry that this team is just going into full rebuild mode. It doesn't Which... seem... Which makes me wonder, Kate, could Ramondre potentially be traded this year? Because he's going into this is year three for him. He'd be going into a contract year in year four. The Patriots aren't going to contend this year. They they probably need to try to build back up some of their draft capital. If a team is like Cleveland, right, and they're three and three at the trade deadline, and they could trade a fourth round pick or a fifth round pick for Ramondre Stevenson, he would be a massive upgrade over Jerome Ford and uh Kareem Hunt I could see you know three or four teams being like hey Ramondre let's let's run him for a year and a half you'd be an upgrade over what we have at running back right now now it so let's let's say in this hypothetical universe he is traded right how many offenses in the league right now could he be traded to where that would be considered a plus move for dynasty managers I think the Cleveland Browns would probably be one of them I think Baltimore Um, would be a good spot for him Baltimore feels like a great spot. Um, I, I, there's just there's not a ton of places no, where you think. But but we do know this is what happens to the running back position. It's going to get more decimated over the next you know few weeks. I wouldn't be surprised at all if you at least start to hear trade rumors. And honestly, if you're a Ramondre Stevenson dynasty owner, you're probably hoping that's the case right now because it's just not clicking in New England. Yeah, and and I don't, I just don't think with the current trajectory of this team nope. that it's going to look much better. It it's just the usage is concerning me. the The lack of efficiency is concerning me. Um, but you know, mostly it, I think you know, partially that environment of being in the Patriots offense that's struggling sure. with turnovers and and struggling to move the ball. Um, that doesn't help. But also, he's not helping his offense move the ball. So it's. Once again, I, I think maybe in a different circumstance, I might feel a little bit better if you were if you were on a team like the Browns, and maybe he will be soon enough. But I do think that you know until until we see something different, um, you know, we're probably going to be needing to yep. rest him on our benches for yes. the time being. All right, let's talk about one more disappointing AFC running back uh, next. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It is so easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. All you have to do is add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. 
That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That is LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Kate, let's talk about the old big dog, Derrick Henry, who's given <laughs> us several, several seasons of outstanding production. Um, what are your thoughts after five games? I'm a little worried about the efficiency, Marcus, to be to be totally transparent. Now, I don't think, um, you know, I, I think like people have been kind of hanging their, their um, you know, hopes or, or questions uh, on rookie Tajay Spears, who's to this point looked pretty incredible. But I do think that what we're seeing so far from Derrick Henry, I, I think he's still going to lead this backfield in touches by far uh, to close out the NFL season. But looking at the efficiency metrics for Derrick Henry versus Tajay Spears this year is kind of concerning, right? Um, you have Derrick Henry um, averaging 3.1 yards per attempt to Spears's 5.8. 19 missed force tackle rate compared to Tasha Spears, 30%. Um, you know, 0.7 yards before contact per attempt to Spears is 1.4. Like all of these are, are indicating to me that Derrick Henry is losing a little bit of juice. Just it, it's sad to see. Um, and again, I, there's no doubt. There's, there's yeah. no doubt. It's just, can he still be effective? Which, to be fair to Derrick Henry, there's been some months like earlier in his career where September and October just kind of aren't his months. Once he gets into November and December, that's when he starts to really become efficient. I just have a harder time believing it at his age now that that's going to happen. Yeah, age 29, I think that, again, he's going to lead the team in touches. That's not a, that's not a question. Um, but the question is more or less like, is this a time that you take what you can get? for Derrick Henry uh, in terms of his dynasty value. Cause I do think we have seen the drop off uh, for these veteran running backs. It is precipitous. It is fast. It is sharp. Uh, and they lose value incredibly quickly. Once the, you know, the narrative is fully caught up that, that, you know, this guy might be done. Uh, this might, you know, be his, his, you know, I don't want to call it his last season, but you oh. know, this might be his, his, you know, Time to go. A couple of trades on Dynasty League football. Um, Derrick Henry for a 2023 second round pick. I'm going to assume that's probably a late second round pick. It's probably a team that's trying to contend, right? And they're probably pretty good. They probably just wanted to load up. Would you do that trade? I probably would. You know why, Marcus? Because even if they're trying to contend, um, I'm not sure Derrick Henry is going to help them get there. (laughs) Derrick Henry for Quentin Johnson. This was yesterday. Ooh, I'll take Quint- Quentin Johnston. Yep, so would I. Um, I mean, you're getting a lot of Derrick Henry for Javante Williams. I'll take Javante Williams. I, I don't know that one's uh, Derrick. Okay, here's another one from yesterday. Prior Derrick to Henry- this, prior to this knee injury, Javante Williams was the top five running back. Are we not? Has he not regained any value from the fact that he's returned from this catastrophic knee injury? I know, like he hasn't looked like Javante Williams just yet, but. I think it's that this Jaleel McLaughlin looks good. Like that's the part that's kind of weird. This it feels like Denver would like to have a committee there, but uh, that's besides the point. One more, 
Uh, Derrick Henry for a third and a fourth round pick. See, that's where it's to me, I'm probably like, you know what? I'll just, assuming I'm somewhat contending, I'll probably just ride with Derrick Henry. Yeah, I, I think that's a very fair line to draw. Um, but again, I can, you know, to unload uh, some of these assets before the drop off gets even sharper, uh, sure. which I, I think that that is very much within the realm of possibility based on what we're seeing so far. I mean, Tajay Spears, you know, though he hasn't necessarily had a, a ton of touches, he's had at least eight touches uh, in, in the past four weeks, um, played over 50% of offensive snaps in four out of five weeks this season. Um, you know, I, I think it's just it, we're starting to see the signs of decline that yeah. I think we we're all very fearful of. And if we didn't have um, a running back right next to him that didn't look better uh in the same matchups i i wouldn't be so concerned but i i just this might be um this might be the the near end for for derrick henry in terms of efficiency for fantasy and guess what now that i've said that um he's probably going to explode for 200 200 yards and three touchdowns and i sure do hope so yeah that would be great um just what i've seen so far it, it has me concerned all right, that is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every single day. Uh, tomorrow's show, you get Matt and Ryan uh, back on Tuesday, Wednesday. Kate, you and I, Thursday, Friday, talking some rookies on Thursday, and then promotion, commotion on Friday, one of our favorite segments of the week. Uh, we are free and available on all platforms. Check out our shows on YouTube. Go follow Kate on Twitter, at Kate Majuk. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you guys next time.